Kia ora and welcome back to episode 282 of the Stag World Podcast. We're joined by Paddy Abel again, Patrick Abel. He joined us last year to talk about the introduction of the pest-free token. Um, if you've been spotting on my little mic boom, we have the pest-free token sticker just there. I've got a few more um, hanging about in a in a box full of stuff here. Um, if you'd like one of those, I could flick you out a sticker, actually. Pest-free token, of course, is a way to earn rewards by saving birds, the most environmentally friendly token on the Binance Smart Chain. A unique token moulded by the community, contributing to pest eradication within New Zealand. It's pest eradication that's crypto for charity. You can earn rewards and help the environment. So join the PFT community today at www.pestfreetoken.co.nz and uh, follow along with this awesome work that Pest Free Token are doing on their Instagram and Facebook channels. Absolute legends. Of course, you'll find them in the show notes like always. And uh, the podcast is always brought to you by Kane's Deer Velvet. If you or a loved one have some aches and pains setting in or an injury that needs support to heal, consider topping up your body with Kane's Deer Velvet. It's packed full of amazing nutrients that the body uses in maintaining the immune system, bones, joints, circulation and general well-being. Find out more at www.kanesdeervelvet.com and use the code STAGRAW252 for an introductory 20% off your order. Um, this podcast, we didn't even get into Patrick's Tarawera expedition. Um, we have to get him back. <laughs> but I know, going on those runs, the uh, joints definitely struggle. Kane's deer valve might be the answer. If you're doing a thousand burpees, to tell you what the answer is, it's some drink element. Um, get your hands on a free sample by just paying for the shipping at drinkelement.com slash Um You can also do an order through there, as we've said many times. Over $100 US order gets you free international shipping. No worries if you live in the States, you lucky buggers. And uh, Aripa, the world's smartest brain food, 100% natural, caffeine-free effects you can feel. Use the code STAGRAW at checkout for 20% off, as we are talking about there. Um, the brain month has ended, um, but that doesn't mean you can't be looking after your brain. I love uh, a little bit of drink Aripa in the afternoon. Um, I'm a real early bird, and so sometimes those three o'clocks or uh, that post-work when I've got to drive to pick up my daughter, uh, it's good to have a bit of drink Aripa, as we said, caffeine-free, so it allows you to hit the hay, and that uh, alpernine, that kind of helps. <laughs> You'll see me sipping away on a drink Aripa quite often during the podcast, often because I'm recording those at night. Helps me to stay switched on, but then, as I've said, helps me to go to sleep. Beautiful stuff. Right. Episode 282 with Paddy, such a legend. If you're around about in Wellington or catching him out in the hills, make sure you say g'day. Get yourself um, a rat trap as well from the Pest Free Token website and uh, help to contribute to saving birds, uh, getting rid of the critters that damage their nests and eggs, as well as uh, compete for them for foliage and food. Yeah, check it out, pestfreetoken.co.com. Bit of it going around again, eh? 
Yeah, I'm kind of uncertain. I, I got it only a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> COVID. Yeah. So, um, but nothing too bad. You might have long COVID. Yeah, I did. I did my first ever ultra a week after coming out of COVID. So <laughs> the, the whole long COVID thing was floated around a little bit. But what was what was your ultra? I did the um, the Tarawera. Nice. Yeah. What's this? I've got a kitten in here. It's making a bit of noise. No, nah, that's all good. We've, I'll had, see. we've had real cats come through podcasts before, so yeah. You know. Can you hear the hear the tinkle in the background? Yeah, no, it's you know, it's a bit of a feature. It's good. Yeah, it's just yeah. adding to it. Yeah. Uh, How long have you had it for? Oh, only a couple of days. My yeah. boss runs a, a charity where she fosters kittens, um, yeah. but she's out of town, so yeah, my, my girlfriend was pretty keen that we took that opportunity. You just got the one. I've had a three-cat situation before, and, yeah, yeah. That, was, that was intense. might have even been four. There was a, We had a bunch of cardboard put around the walls, mm. and I'm pretty sure one or two hid behind it, and we had the top window open, and there was just, yeah, a real nightmare for a while of searching around the house, under the house, in the bush, neighbor's house, come back in, and then there's four cats again, and you're like, Okay, good. Crisis averted. <laughs> yeah, I feel my job might be on the line for that. It was between the, <laughs> it was between the one cat, or she's got five newborn kittens at the moment. So I think we'll we'll start that one slowly. Yeah, got the cat. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas well, we, we, we've been, months, yeah, we've ended up with a like thirteen year old grey cat who's just chill. He's just yeah. yeah. That's the way to go. This one's a wee monster. Um, <laughs> I was cooking dinner the other night and turned around, and I've got a whole bunch of pot plants in, in the lounge. Turn around, and it's taking a shit in the chili plant. <laughs> but I didn't know if I should scare it to get rid of it or what, because I thought, I mean, if I spook it, it's just got to put Yeah, it's, in a, it's already in a foreign house there, Betty. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah. Oh, mate. Yeah. yeah good fun. No, the cats are good fun, but... um. Yeah, how do, how do you sort of feel about cats and uh, and birds? There, there, there's a challenge for you. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean that's a conversation we typically at Pest Free Tokens steer a little bit away from <laughs> controversy, but actually something we always tell people is it, we're not trying to kill Mister Mittens. Um, this cat's clearly inside, so but but definitely you're right. Cats outside are a bit of a problem when it comes to um, birds. But not to be confused with cats in the middle of the bush, because they're feral cats. They're a totally different ball game. Yeah, there's been a few on the roadsides of late um, that have come cropper with a logging truck or something. But um, yeah, they are monsters. In, yeah. Do you have any uh, black panthers of the Rohenis or Tarawiras? Because yeah, there's plenty of mid Canterbury black panthers around. <laughs> well, I grew up in Canterbury, so I've heard. Oh the yes, you know, <laughs> you know the stories. The monsters, I think twelve pound cats. Um, I've seen photos of them uh, from down south. Pretty scary things, eh? They're, they're not Mr. Mittens type. They're fangs, everything. Yeah. <clears throat> they yeah can do a lot of damage. Those those and stoats, they're pretty much up there as the apex predators in New Zealand when it comes to birds. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Your uh, tear keys wouldn't, wouldn't quite like them. I haven't have noticed around here, like we've got a pretty good cool fire tree on our place and mm. uh, a manuka right out in front of me. And I don't have the same number of uh, fantails around. There's the oh, odd right. the odd tui that goes into the 
to the core file when the flowers are out. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, I do notice that here. But we do have good good burn numbers. We do have a we're in a cul-de-sac that is chocker full of cats. So yeah, they probably just know what's good for them. Oh yeah, I think there's a there's kind of like a fine line between pests versus um, birds as well because you don't have to get the pest down to zero for bird life. You just have to kind of get it to that level that it can sustain itself. Um, I've seen neighbors' cats running around here and sometimes I've got three, four native birds in the one tree. So yeah, but they're yeah. pretty cool, right? It's awesome having those types of birds around the place. They're just way better than those black birds and sparrows. I mean, no, no diss to those birds, but Tui's are pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's the family of swallows that really get me. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, you bastards. <laughs> get out, bring that Ruru back. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you've, you've got a couple of the, the rat boxes in behind you. Have they been going into people's homes and have people been surprised at their rat population? <laughs> yeah, completely, actually. I had a lady um, that I work with, she logged a catch today. I remember selling her a trap or a couple months back and she was like oh look i'm doing this to help you out but i don't really need it <laughs> more than any other person um i think she's probably up to seven or eight catches now just blown away you you just don't know where those rats and mice are yeah um, we've got some people who keep them inside and then some outside but they're catching just as many on the inside <laughs> yeah and even people with cats yeah, no, we, that was one of Ernie's first missions was find the rat. And I was like, oh, I don't like the idea that you've killed one rat because that probably means there's more rats. Yeah, and cats tend to kind of sit there and play with them, whereas at least these traps, it's over and done with in a split second. So problem solved. But yeah. we've got these things coming out of our ears at the moment. That's awesome. We, yeah, we just deployed our 107th now. So we hit the 100 mark about uh, a week and a half ago, two weeks which is an awesome milestone for us, um, especially because we're not based in just one area of New Zealand. So our we map on our website is just listed with them now, top to bottom. Yeah, it's really cool. And so what what program have you used for that? Is that something you've set up within the Pest Free Token website? or? <clears throat> yeah, um, I couldn't tell you anything more than that because Alex um, yep. is the IT, IT guru when it comes to our projects, so he makes sure that that's all ticking along nicely. But it's all in through our system, so we're not using another person or, or another system at all. Um, we've kind of tried to set up everything on our website itself. And so what's the purchase of a uh, rat trap providing pestry token? So in terms of the charity? Yep. So the charity is the one that sells them. Um, we currently, it's about 20 bucks for a trap and we only ask for about $10 worth of shipping. Mm -hmm. So the shipping's actually more than that. We take a bit of a hit, but we, we're not out there to make a, a million bucks. We're just trying to obviously get way more traps out there, which the price point is a huge part for it. Uh, and then the profit that we do make obviously just sits straight into the charity and then just gets used to buy more traps. So it's a big cycle um but it's working really well eh? like it's it's generating some good cash for more and more traps and then all the leftover money we're just distributing to other trap organizations so we rebated three months worth of trap lines in the Ruahini ranges it's 2700 traps got rebated we were able to fund that and we've stoke protected about 200 meters of river up in gisborne uh, which dare I say it's probably looking a little different. <laughs> yeah. But we'll be revisiting that and seeing how we can help them set up shop again and, and get those traps back out along the rivers. Um, so the model works pretty well. It's it's exciting. 
Do you know what they baited with? The ones in the Rohini Ranges are, mm -hmm. are baited with, um, I believe it's rabbit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so they're targeting a lot more stoats in, in and amongst parts of that, and rabbit is the primary food source of a stoat. Yeah, uh, yeah they, they absolutely love it. You, you were sharing some of the work they were doing, some of the spurs that they were dropping off uh, 250s into, and, geez, those people were, were game and, and doing the hard yards. Um, they do, right? What, what was that organisation that you supported? They called Marioho. Mm. So they were our first ever partners, um, such a critical partner for us because it's actually bridging something which we're trying to do primarily through social media and online to actual a bunch of people out there doing the trapping. There's, I think they employ about 12 people full-time, predominantly Māori, and it's a, it's an iwi-led um, type of situation going on there. Um, but they're, they're awesome people, eh? They're just so connected that they're in the know. They're the boots on the ground. We're just trying to fill the buckets for the bait. Yeah, I um, when I used to go to Awatere at the end of Kashmir Road, mm. um, which is near... Oh, near um Waipukuro, really um mm. beneath the longview hut they'd just put in a big line of 250s um they had i don't think they'd even pre-baited them or anything like all, all of them were close that are brand new and then um yeah that i went back about four weeks later and that just set them mm. and uh it was interesting the first off catch was was a lot of hedgehogs to begin with um yep. Which was like, oh righto. So that's that's that first run, and it, it was a, a little bit of a shame that um, you know the, the downfall of the system is that you can't, as a hunter or whatever, get in, clear it, reset it, and log it somewhere. That would be real cool if if there could be a way to like QR code the box, and you know, yeah. the reception's not great out there, so that'd be tough. But um, so yeah. all, all of ours are QR coded. <clears throat> yeah, one of the um, first to kind of start doing that. And that's what comes up on that map on our on our uh, website. It cop, crops up with all the catches on it. So is ours, the, can, the same as the sticker? Is that the same? Yeah, QR yeah, yeah. Code? yeah, yeah. Uh, different. So that, that QR code on there, which that looks awesome, way better than a bike frame. Like. <laughs> 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 um, that one takes you straight to the to the landing page, straight to the web page. The mm -hmm. ones on top of each trap is unique, so that when you scan it, the system knows which trap number it is, um, and then yeah, and then that lets us know, but you don't need to, if you don't have Wi-Fi, uh, you can still go straight to our website and log it manually. Really, really easy. Just punch in, caught a rat, done. Um, and that data is so necessary for us. So we've tried to make everything as easy as possible because that's what does it at the end of the day. Um, yeah, but pretty cool. But we've been talking to the likes of Predator Free New Zealand and some of the tramping clubs and whatnot about how to actually make it so that the people who are out there, the hunters, the trampers, imagine you can set up a system where they're actually checking the traps so you can lay them. Um, and I've had a couple of thoughts about this in, in terms of, say, at the start of a track, you know, where it has the old dock sign and it has mm -hmm. it says what you're doing and where you're going and the book of intentions. Imagine you could just pick up a little bit of bait out of a box there and put it in your backpack. And then each time you see one, you collect a spanner and you can undo it, rebate it, and just let them know at the end. Um, yeah, this is such a good resource out there, right? People are already doing it. Yeah, having been part of the um, Kiwi group in the Kawakas, it was great going into Makino and just having something to do while I was going along the track and yeah. you know, clear, take a photo, and then get back to civilization and log them all on um, 
Trap NZ. It was it was fantastic. And then like being part of the WhatsApp group and you know, you go into keep Trap NZ and you look at that trap and you're like, Oh man, look how many has been cleared on you know the, yeah. last, the last year or whatever, and then the whole loop and oh so good. So we're we're also offering people there's quite a few people who aren't interested in having a trap in their own backyard, but they still want to kind of help out. So some of our people they they effectively buy and sponsor a trap. So they give us the twenty, thirty dollars and we get it deployed somewhere and we'll just let them know, hey, that's trap number fifty-three. So then they can go look on the website and see how many catches that that one gets. So they can kind of follow the progress of what they've, the seed that they've sown, uh, which is quite a, quite cool. Nice. Who did you work with around Gisborne? So that's the Eastern Feolink. Nice. I think you've already met Sam, the trap man. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. He's an he's a obvious guy to start with when it comes to networking in that space. Um, I think everyone seems to know him, and he probably knows at least ninety percent of the people. Yeah. So, and so, such a nice guy, really keen to hear ideas. Um, obviously, we're pitching a bit of a different concept than most people, but super interested to hear hear the thoughts on it. Yeah, and so what was the new, was a part of that Eastern Feeling, or you said it was around Gisborne, was it something separate? No, so I think it's along their line. So we effectively just gave them the money uh, that they were going to need necessary to make sure that 200 metres of the river was stoke protected. Mm -hmm. Um, which was one of our early philosophies was apart from putting these traps which are great in the suburbs um we don't want to tell people how to actually do what they do sam's out there he already knows everything what they need is money mm. so we're saying to them how about you just get on doing what you can do and we'll just try funnel some of our cash towards you mm -hmm. um yeah but do you, do you know what they used for the bait uh, so they were using box traps or, or yeah i think they're probably set up with dock 200s there yeah um, these ones aren't dock 200s they've got a wee victor trap in the middle of them but uh i mean when you're around in the suburbs you don't need a dock 200 it's it is overkill yeah unless you're catching stoats and really hefty rats and but i've seen these things put away some pretty big rats almost over half the length of the trap box yeah big rat and these things will just keep going time and time again you always get surprised and and the model you've done with the box is more of the run type, isn't it? Long yeah, run. Yeah, I'll show you if you. Yeah, go grab it. So yeah, this is a pretty tried and tested type of model. So it's a run along it, mm -hmm. and then there's a hole here. So this is where the rat goes in. Yep. And then goes along, and then if I um, in through the back is where you lift the grate. And that's the trap that sits in the in the middle of it. Big. So, and what's what's your best bait? Peanut butter. Peanut butter pretty much works the best, I reckon. We ask people when they trap them to let us know, but surprisingly, some people catch quite a lot on dog roll. <laughs> a game for a day. The cheese doesn't work so well. Cheese, I think, is kind of more like a Tom and Jerry type situation. Yeah. Um, you're raised to, to think that it was it did the job, but um anything, yeah, I guess anything fatty, high in protein, chocolate mm. does pretty well if you came to spare some of that. Same with bacon. I haven't been that game. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna share my bacon, but uh, I think that's like you're saying, chocolate and peanut butter. I think that's two of the go go know good nature trap um, mixes that they, uh, yeah. that they do chocolate mousse actually if you look at um all the scientific studies they do with rats and labs they're all pretty much done with chocolate 
Right. So they know that their rats just react really, really well to it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there was, um, what are they called, Con Convation, I think they're called, or Covation yeah. from, from Auckland. Yeah, they had a, I had, they had a stand at the Seeker Show and I had got to have a good look through their catalogue and they had a few things on the stand as well. And, yeah, it was just it was just nice to meet them in person and be like, hey, I've, I follow you guys and really interesting what you guys are. Yeah. You know, such a niche space of innovation. Like, as a, as a wider company, they're a massive, like, chemicals company, but they've just got this little narrow niche to do with with trapping and, and predator control. It's quite cool. So they're, they're kind of... They're coming at things from a similar angle to us in that they're trying to see what technology can do to answer the problem. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we're looking at the tech from a, a funding perspective more, but they're looking at it from, from the traps. So one of the downsides of trapping is the need to keep checking them, which mm. is what you're saying in terms of the, the trampers and the hunters. So their types of technology are ones that don't require checking that often. I think they've got like three, six-month checks on them which from really like back bush or even trying to get farmers engaged, that kind of thing, that low maintenance ease of entry is the key. That's yeah. what we're, we're thinking. Like we're, our slogan is um, pest eradication made easy because that's, as I say, really what we think is going to be able to change the game. Um, getting these things into people's backyards is one thing, um, but then getting them to keep rebating them, check them, log the data, that's where the ease needs to come in yeah and you know you got like the counters on the uh good nature but then again back to like it'd be great to be able to link that <laughs> somehow <laughs> yeah i actually have one of them in my backyard but i haven't really used it that much um tend to obviously prefer the old uh, own product yeah but I, I should probably have a bit of a crack and see what that bluetooth situation is set up to do uh, and how close you need to get to it but Awesome, right? And whatever we're doing now, give it a couple more years. The amount of money that's coming into this from the government from a technological perspective is really cool, which means it's just going to drive the innovation. And New Zealand's almost at the forefront of this stuff as well. I see good nature with their resetting A24 traps. They're all around the world. Mm. Um, a, a lot of work's being done on the islands to help them with their pest problems. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think um, Sam's done, Sam and also uh, Jordan from Trap and Trigger, they've done some sort of American and Canadian islands, mm. island projects of, of pest and ungulate eradication. And yeah, you know, taking New Zealand knowledge away and then also bringing back the experience is, is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. There's a company up north that's experimenting with the trapping in terms of getting signals to let you know when traps have been activated. Nice. Which is another cool thing. And, and something I was wondering at some stage whether the whole uh, blockchain technology could be used in that as well, because with blockchain, you, it, there's no fraudulent activity on it. So mm. you could have a true verification of um, of a, a trigger on a trap box. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it's kind of be like, there's, there's the point in time, you know, <clears throat> that they, uh, whatever it is in the unit entered that code so you know isn't and that's it. no fraud <laughs> yeah yeah though so that's a little bit above me again that might be more of an alex alex one that's <laughs> why we make good partners <laughs> yeah yeah um how, how's it all gone like i've i've sort of hodled the last probably 10 months yeah and um you guys have been holding value quite well we've had a few ups and downs but nothing as extreme as the bitcoin and ethereum and you know, the, 
the things that have gone to zero in the last year, mate, that, that, that must yeah. bring you a bit of pride. <laughs> it's probably the thing we're most proud about in the crypto space is, um, well, other tokens have kind of dropped 70, 80%. Some have bounced back. We're pretty much back to square one where we were a couple months ago. So when those other cryptos, including the big ones like Bitcoin and Ethereum, when they start to recover, we're just going to be... Yeah. Which is exciting. The the benefit of our project is that more people have just been buying. That we have almost no people selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like yourself, you're buying in because you're interested about the project, and and that's really driving the price up, but also holding that strong. Um, so pretty cool for us to be able to watch that, um, and and not see people jump ship when other things are are doing the same. Um, do you get any data on sort of the volume of sales? Have there been <clears throat> any big big sellouts yeah we you can see all of that data on the blockchain yeah so uh i mean since the start we've had several large uh people jump in in terms of like thousands of dollars quite a few small ones i think with crypto people are always keen to throw in 20 bucks for a punt and see what goes so, so quite a mix in terms of that but still trading volume there um we yeah, also every, every time i go to we so you've got you know flags going everywhere and yeah know, yeah we, we just activity. As, as transparent as possible so on our website you can see all the wallets you can see even the wallets from that alex and i have um you can see how many coins have been earned for the charity everything like that is just on it and it all ticks over constantly because um, crypto obviously works 24 7. so it makes it just a little bit more exciting yeah and you're at the binance new zealand launch yeah, the I think they had, it was their first catch up in Wellington, so they've done a, a couple up and down the country, and we thought it would be silly not to go down and say hi and, and meet and greet them, um, which was cool because our, our t-shirts and logos are pretty similar color to them. So <laughs> yeah. I think people were coming up asking <laughs> if we were Binance, but yeah. um, I mean it's pretty pretty quick to figure out that that's a stoat and not a Binance token. Yeah, but, what was what was the sentiment? Because I I um, was uh earning some interest off them for a while there and then with the celsius freeze i decided uh not that it's much money but i'm gonna get off this and they they seem to have held out there's plenty of TikTok uh commentators that are saying Binance is gonna get be next Binance is gonna be next but <laughs> but then i was, then like you say then you see Binance new zealand now so yeah what was what was the sentiment like i think firstly you can't really believe anything you hear on tiktok yeah that's right <laughs> you've got to take it with a grain of salt but um really really cool to meet them they're kiwi-based people who are, who are fronting it in new zealand um doing quite a bit of work from what i hear in terms of the regulatory space and really trying to set that um i, I guess debunk some myths in terms of what regulators what the police what those kind of organizations are starting to think about crypto um, obviously haven't been too privy to all of that, but that was what they've been touching on. Well, I gathered that they'd mentioned it several times in their presentations. So I thought well, that must be one of the big things for them. And I guess because they're trying to come in and really establish themselves, and that's probably the the angle they need to hit the hardest is figure out what they can and can't be doing. Um, but that's all that's all good for everyone else in New Zealand as well. What, what what were they sort of touching on with the police? Just transparency of transactions, or you know, I stuff. think a lot of it comes from media articles. You know, someone will put up something about how anything to do with cryptocurrency is a scam, and 
I mean, look, there it is plagued with them and has been and probably all will, always will be, but there is definitely that association very quickly made for a lot of people. Uh, and when you're dealing with the, the likes of the police who obviously have their own financial crime and fraud centres and those types of investigations, I think going along and actually explaining to them what it is and uh, what it isn't, I don't think Binance is, from the sounds of it, trying to like hide anything. They're trying to say, look, this is what we can provide you. This is how we operate. If you're looking at this kind of stuff, we can help in this area and not. So um, it sounds like a really good thing to do. And something it's going to happen anyway. Mm. I think that's actively front-footing it. And so Robert Hollis is involved? <coughs> was, was he there? Who was that, sorry? Robert Hollis. Uh, I met Ben Rose, who's the general manager of Binance New Zealand. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I, I didn't meet anyone, I think, from that name. Um, met their marketing manager, Emma Hill, uh, and their new intern. So, yeah, they might not have had the whole whole gang there. Yeah, and I, I don't exactly know Robert's association with it. I just have seen he was promoting the event, and then I saw you guys at it, and I was like, oh, right. I wonder if he was there. But whether, whether that's a sort of a promotional role or what, yeah, I haven't quite quite looked into it not fully said and we so we stopped and had a chat to them um after the presentation and explained a bit about what we're doing because binance has recently started getting into the charitable space mm -hmm. in terms of making donations I, I think they've made a, quite a large donation in terms of the auckland flooding so we came along and we we're like hey that's awesome obviously uh, we're an organization that runs on the binance smart chain as well and we're looking to try and use crypto for charity uh, here's what we are and they're really keen to learn more about us and they're going to get us on a ama podcast type thing and um yeah it'll be interesting to see where that goes we're just keen to hear a bit more about them what they're doing you just reminded me there's the binance smart chain and the binance coin is it mm -hmm. correct so yeah so bnb is the is the binance token that yeah. runs on the binance ecosystem which is called the bsc the binance smart chain yeah. Um, so it's kind of like in with the Ethereum coin runs on the, the Ether network. Um, you've got those kind of things you're mentioning about FTX. Mm -hmm. FTX is like kind of like a, an exchange and it has its own token, FTT. So we're a token. Um, we don't have our own entire ecosystem. That's not something that we're aiming to, to really go for, not at this stage. Yeah. And so, um, if we can go through this, the steps of purchasing, because I think I yeah. stuffed, stuffed that up. I think I bought the wrong thing initially. Did so, you buy BNB or something? I think I bought BNB first off. Yeah, you have to do that for our one. So, um, if if you if our token was on an exchange, you can effectively give New Zealand dollars or or other coins and just pick ours up. But because ours doesn't sit on an exchange, it sits in this liquidity pool in the sky called pancake swap oh so there's a bnb beacon chain yeah yeah and then there's the bnb smart chain which you use to exchange for it so right yeah so so it runs on on the coding level it runs on the bsc the binance smart chain network yep. so that's kind of like the highway that it runs along yeah bnb token the coin token type thing 
that's like another car that's running on that highway yeah. so we've come along and created piece-free token pft which is another car running on it so in order to get our token you have to swap it for another one so we've said you've got to swap it for the bnb the binance one <laughs> um yeah you know i just didn't follow the instructions closely enough <laughs> to, to be honest it's something we've been exploring as well crypto especially for people who are very new to it it's like a whole nother language right yes yes um, you know what's blockchain what's a chain what's a what's a coin versus token it's just totally foreign i i went through the same thing when i started pancake swap they come up with the most ridiculous names it's obvious that like you know maybe a 13 year old on the internet named um i think one of the charts that follows our price is called poo coin like if you ever wanted to start a professional thing you probably wouldn't start with poo coin um so so some of the, the things we've been trying to work on is really trying to make it as easy as possible we've broken ours down into three effective steps to get in to buy our token mm. um, but it takes a bit of work to kind of set up the wallet set up go through the aml kyc like all that legal kind of stuff with the wallet which isn't ours but that's that exists over there it's kind of to get your entry into the crypto sphere it takes a bit of time but once you're in now that you've purchased and you've gone through that process you should be able to buy pest free tokens pretty quickly now um, can can i take that trust wallet and put it into a different wallet can you take it off chain so when it's in the trust wallet it's basically sitting uh and i believe it's sitting on chain so uh, sitting off chain sorry so you can transfer it from your trust wallet out so you could pop it in another wallet if you wanted to you would just need to make sure that that wallet accepts bsc tokens like our type of that type of highway you yeah. need to, be able to run on it they don't all do that um yeah no, that uh, yeah, we've we've just gone deep into the weeds, and we might have lost some people. <laughs> I think so, right? It is like as I say on our website, so www.pestfreetoken.co.nz. Um, there's a page called Trade, and we've tried to explain at a really high level what steps are. But there's also links in there, and if you go into it, it'll go from like down to the methodical step. If that's what you need help with, click this button, type that, all of that kind of stuffs in there as well. But um we help so many people along with it as well we're pretty accessible you know the i'll reiterate that the instructions are very very good and <laughs> um having bought stuff elsewhere i think i like um like like i said i had binance already i'd been using easy crypto and then just to use it a little bit of a slightly different sweet um sphere i made some assumptions and i was like oh damn that was wrong <laughs> yeah so you can go through easy crypto for some things not quite our token yet yeah um we're, we're trying to work on doing that but you could buy that bnb token through easy crypto and then swap that so and that's where that's where i think i stuffed up i uh like i said bought that other one and so then I had to change it to the BNB smart chain and then I was away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, um, we can definitely do more in that space as well. Uh, and it'll be cool to get some kind of animations or walk, walk through with people a bit more on that. Um, but say most people who get a bit stuck, just reach out and we just walk them straight through it if we can. Um, I think I was shocking at the time when you were doing yours. <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. In the supermarket aisle. <laughs> yeah.
Why baked beans? Oh, I mean uh, B and B. Yeah. So, so b- being a token um, and the whole FTX stuff blowing up, uh, did you feel many uh, inquiries uh, about the about our token or about yeah. FTX? Well, but both and like you know, oh, these guys tokens based on based on yeah. uh, and apparently nothing, and it's funneling away everyone's funds. <laughs> like I like you said, like you said in that first first. Um, podcast you guys have done absolutely everything you possibly can to like show hey this is this is what it is <laughs> yeah, yeah i think that's where we kind of differentiate ourselves from a lot of things so with ftx it's an exchange so even though your wallet might say you hold bitcoin you don't they hold the bitcoin and they're just making it show up on your wallet just like sheezy's it's a custodial sheezy's owns all the shares that you buy through it They've just ring fenced them inside their computer system and said that those are Ryan's, so it'll come up on your app. So just like Sharesies has run in their own own way system, if you wanted them yourself, you would go buy the shares directly through the NZX, through like a, a stock broker, and then those stocks and shares would be in your name. So we're kind of so you've got FTX over here like sharesies and then we are out here where you would buy our piss free tokens and they are in your wallet no one else's we can't touch them we have nothing to do with them we just created them um so those are sitting on, on yours so if ftx collapses you've still got your piss free tokens yeah no, that's very yeah. very good um yeah. good good summary yeah i said asked you if you'd listened to that coffeezilla with joe rogan have you done that yet no, I didn't get a, a chance to do that. I've been pretty flat tech the last couple of weeks, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, but pretty interesting, like, like from what a little bit I know about it in terms of, I think a lot of it comes down to that line between fraud, not, not enough information. Um, people who are getting into the game need to have as much information as possible. And that's that's kind of, as I say, what sets us apart. We try our best to do that. We've set up their company constitution, which has those clauses in it that just can't be undone. They're entrenched. So we can't do anything else with with whatever's in the system. Um, We've got the charity. We've got all of those protections in place, which a lot of these other companies just did not have. Yeah. He he brought up the sort of Logan Paul um, project, and it it was quite interesting listening to him say that you know they tried to build it type thing and like you hear you hear people in like venture capital talk about like the burn rate on some of these projects is just ridiculous and then so you do wonder how much of that is with what's happened to logan paul he's got all this money they've tried to implement and i'm going oh shit we don't have enough money anymore and we're stuck in no man's land (laughs) like do we do another raise like do i sell a bunch more prime and keep keep you know chucking it over into this crypto project <laughs> yeah exactly it is i mean i think a lot of the time people go in for for hard and fast quick ups um they're not laying that ground that groundwork which alex and i took almost a year to get in place um the liquidity is always an issue not having enough for things but for us we're not controlling the whole system like a lot of these other companies and projects are doing we're collecting a little drip off the transaction fee of it um so normally like when crypto tokens are traded from one person to another there's fees and everything right it's it's a part of life that fee normally goes to um 
the developers the founders all of that kind of stuff lines people's pockets we're just saying rather than that fee go to us we're going to make it go towards best eradication we're, we're not doing this to make that money we're not doing it for any other purpose we just want to get less rats out there um so but again because crypto's hard to comprehend sometimes very new to people it's hard to kind of illustrate the differences that our project is from a lot of these other ones no it's, it's really cool and you, you brought up coffeezilla had exposed some type of charity to token or something yeah i think they um <clears throat> there was one called the heart coin or something like that anyway what they've done is effectively tried to start this project and generate money for kids cancer or some, something like that obviously a worthy cause but they didn't have any of those protections in, in the background i don't know their intentions or, or whatever but it ended up being a rug pull it ended up being people put in all this money thinking they were going to cure cancer and then these people just pulled it all um so and i think this guy was the one who who kind of found a lot of that had gone through everything with a fine tooth comb and started unpacking it um <laughs> yeah no he's, he's, oh, i heard him talk on um lex freeman about middle of last year and he got more into his like origin story about uh looking at sort of being at university and having lots of mates going to mlm and sort of looking at the structure of it and going so who actually is making money here <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um yeah so that's that was a sort of origin of, of looking at um structured scams and like um yeah then and so as as the world's gone on unfortunately these these projects have done done what they've done yeah i was um i was a bit gutted there was a guy doing the thing called the sherwood project he was going to try and make a film um via nft um and he was going to make the film about it, the nft ecosystem but um mm -hmm. again he was on tiktok <laughs> um he said he said it has gone 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 quiet so with it hopefully he's at away working on it and, and collecting data and um yeah well, it's hard to know right it's but the thing is, is you get this kind of issue not just in crypto it's not uh it's not an isolated system mm. you get this in all walks of life right people crop up on give a little and then end up in the courts and um people are always out to make a quick buck yeah and it's well, pretty even even your facebook marketplace <laughs> yeah i can imagine i mean we have every so often like a whole new facebook group starts up with our logo and name and ah. tags half a dozen people and says you won free bitcoin which if you listen to this if you, anyone ever says you win free bitcoin that's a massive red flag yeah um, no, nothing's that free but people do fall for it right you, you hit a thousand people you only need a couple to fall for it um, it was even funny the other week we bought firewood and, and and it was like um is the firewood there yet because uh, there's i think that the uh topo page had a bit of a firewood scam last year so i was like firewood scam is real <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole new low way eh? coming into winter yeah Jeremy. like oh yeah we've got some firewood transfer yeah. your money oh where's my firewood uh, uh i mean classic cell phone purchases all that kind of stuff on marketplace um if you you don't believe it until you see it sometimes which again, the beauty about crypto is everything's on online. It's all on the blockchain. So you can go and read the code. Uh, if you don't understand that, you can click on all the different wallets that we've put on the website and you can follow everything. So you don't have to believe us. 
um, which is a really cool aspect of, of what this kind of technology does offer. It's effectively open accounting. Yeah, no, it's a, it, it, I think, um, Alex, you're back. Uh, sorry, Patrick, Patrick, just, I did this last time. Gosh, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, I think what you and Alex have done is, is just really good in your backgrounds and, and like your ethos about what you're trying to achieve is just, just really awesome. And it's, and it's cool to be able to catch up again a year later and just like look at what you guys have done. Like you said, contributed funds to two really, well-run projects already and um yeah your little little traps that are making a difference in the scattered yeah. around the country is just you know testament to what you've set up it's really cool i think that's the cool thing about having that practical element to the project is you can actually see things are happening from it and by being there after i mean i think it's been almost a year now we um i think it's two three weeks times when we had our one year anniversary you can see we still spend every waking moment working on this we're out meeting people doing all of that kind of stuff so that nft project that you're talking about he might still be working on it or not but he's not seen to be doing that whereas we're out there all the time doing this so you can hopefully people are starting to look at our project and think actually these guys are still still seeing them crop up every bloody two days on facebook maybe they are actually doing what they're saying they're doing um and nothing's as, as good at evidence as as the pudding right yeah i even find that with this podcast you know i'll be doing it for five years and be like how oh, you you're still actually doing that because it is you know again we're talking about like this, this sort of behavior crops up and everywhere there, there are millions and millions of podcasts that are one in three episodes long and, and yeah um wolf Fleming did a did a post the other day about what it takes to be in the top one percent and that was to reach 20 episodes like <laughs> right. like you know yeah, but you love what you do right and, and exactly so, do we. so this isn't a chore this um I think that's one of the cool things about the fact that we don't get paid from this. We're not doing it as a wage. Like I work nine to five. Well, I mean, nine to five is a nice, a nice day, but you know what I mean? And so do you, you, you have a job. So you're not doing this to kind of clip the ticket or, or, or do that. You're doing it out of sheer enjoyment, which means you actually drive it harder. Yeah. Now I was, I was joking with uh, Paul Michaels on his podcast the other week. I said, oh, I'd uh, lost my tax. Not by much, but it allows me to. What you got to write off on that um, that new microphone? Yeah, well, the, the, it's, a, it's only been set up this year, so all of my all of my this year it's lowering my tax. Next year I might not be so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> Next, you're going to tell me that plant behind you is a business expense. Oh, I know. Yeah, I should get get the roller out <laughs> on this room now. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think uh, I think uh, it took about five five percent of my time to to run this podcast i was just like oh yeah good <laughs> I mean, that's fair enough i think for me we've put thousands of hours into this so far um <laughs> but hopefully it just keeps trucking along nicely we're still getting traps out pretty pretty often got an order for 10 the other day some farm wants to set it up um because we've hit that price point where we're our traps alone even if you're not interested in the crypto our traps are pretty much cheaper than anyone else is offering them because we don't have any labor costs in it. Nice. Are you sending them flat packed or already made into the tunnel? We make them fully like that. Um, yep. So they just end up on your doorstep and they're ready to go. If you just pull it out, done. Set the trap. Put on some peanut butter or or chocolate if you're uh, yeah. You're really yeah, you've got to your own peanut butter. We're not quite at that stage. Um, <laughs> but everything else is super. Just it's it's made really really easy. We are looking at trying to get into the flat pack game potentially. Yeah. Um, for, for some people, maybe in-store purchases, we 
have done a couple of Bunnings days where we go and we do these trap building days. We've mm-hmm. actually got one on the 30th of, of this month uh, out of Petoni Bunnings. But basically you come along and then we'll give you all the materials, give you the hammer, supervise you, give you a, a hand, but you basically put the whole thing together and you can walk away with it. Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um. Geez, what was I going to say there? No, it's gone. There, I, I was thinking of the, of the Goodwood Goodwood guys up there in uh, in Hawkes Bay as well. Do do a mean trap. Um, yeah, they do a lot of stuff for the the dot two hundreds and a and a lot of trapping projects. Um, we haven't kind of tried to get in on that side of things because we know that those organisations do so much already for trap organisations. So if we go and take a supplier or, or use those kind of stuff that's already going to trap projects, we're not actually furthering. Mm-hmm. eradication we're just moving it from one plate to another so this is where we're trying to add that add more value um, yeah. those guys do an awesome job that's brilliant that's brilliant patrick um i did remember what it was fix and fog are based in wellington right uh i think they probably are yeah yeah we should reach out at some point my girlfriend she eats a jar of peanut butter a week I think nothing she's... wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we had a, had an Aussie guy on whose who's, uh, product is optimizing nutrition, and we were just laughing about how because he went to Queenstown and he stumbled across picked peanut butter, and we just had this conversation there, like, oh, it's it just yeah. Let's be honest, it just tastes good. And then the yeah. story of it the other day of a personal trainer be like, you know, people think that uh, peanut butter is high in protein. It's like there is some protein in it, but I think it's just some. Dick, who wanted to say that peanut butter is good for you, an excuse to eat peanut butter, buy the spoonful, like I do. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, she gyms like six days a week, and peanut butter is her one thing, so I think I think that's fair enough, but um, I have a massive um, uh, rosemary bush out the back here. Yep. My landlord was, was threatening to cut it down, so I thought, well, we can't have that. So I stripped half of the thing and put it into all of these peanut butter jars, which I, I've saved every single one of them, because I'd have to i feel like i have to reuse um everything that i pretty much have so i turned up at work with dozens and dozens of jars for a whole year worth of peanut butter eating and they thought they were going to sit me down and have a bit of an intervention <laughs> yeah one about your jars and two about why do you have so much rosemary <laughs> <laughs> yeah free yeah. rosemary always goes well but that, that was that was one of the things out of um the Melbourne lockdowns was there was a guy in Australia. Uh, I think his name was like Fuck Jar Sauce, and there was he, there was one of his things. It's like you don't need to, to buy rosemary. It's like literally here on this um, boulevard, and all yeah. this stuff. <laughs> Just like all the places to find rosemary. I'm, I'm like that with uh, fruit trees. Um, in in Topo, I've managed, I've managed to find a peach tree, and and at the moment there's blackberries everywhere. And um, yeah, someone I know down in uh, Glenorchy. Chanel, she's even gone one better. She's done a foraging course, and uh, she ah. had some she had some bloody good mushrooms today. I was like, oh, like not just your classic field ones. She had these big brown oh, brown right. things. I was like, you have to take a course before doing that one, right? Yeah, yeah, that was what she was getting at. You know, do yeah, uh, you soon know about that one. I think it's petty petty yearlings or something like that. He's based out of uh, Christchurch or or Akaroa, and um, yeah, he even goes into things like lichens and kelp and and yeah, just all the stuff and like i think he supplies a whole bunch of Christchurch restaurants just from um produce he gets off banks peninsula he's really he's an amazing forager yeah and yeah and he runs runs really good courses so you can go out and, and pick the right mushrooms because yeah yeah i mean it's great it's just sitting right there right and it's yeah. just gonna go off um 
we have a whole bunch of berry bushes around the the property as well and every so often people from the street come on up and and pick a bunch of them you just can't eat all of those berries no no whereas our peach tree this year just it was shocking it got blown away in like december and then yeah i think we i managed to pick one peach that had just landed in my garden and got another one off the tree and then there was one more and i said to my stepdaughter we need to check that every day we didn't check it <laughs> and uh then I was like, I'm there on Saturday. I was like, damn, no more. Uh, was the one you got? Was it a good peach? You know, they were good, but yeah, yeah th thankfully I found this other one in Topol, so we've made up. Good pinch someone else's. Yeah, no, well. it's just by a park. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me, I I bought like a capsicum from the supermarket and dried the seeds and planted them and got this one that was going pretty strong. I was pretty proud about it, watching it all the time. And then it sat on the windowsill with this one capsicum about the size of an old 50 cent piece. And it sat like that for months. And I watched it. I was like, oh, it's going to take off. Just trust me. And it didn't. So I had to end up eating it. But <laughs> you just inhale it. Yeah. It wasn't very good at that side of things. I've, I've got an avocado tree that I that I did from a, from a pip. So yeah. I think it needs a friend. I've got. <laughs> oh, well, I have one as well. And mine definitely needs a friend as well. <laughs> yeah, I've we got this play date up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We could take our take our paintbrushes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I've I've got one more stone out of I think the nine that I started with. I've got one more stone that's got a shoot, but it just has been stagnant and stagnant. I think we're about to get winter and I think so. I think I might have lost that battle on that one, but yeah, maybe I'll you know have one and buy one, and then and then I'll be able to get fruit. And and then there's the rumor that the old stones that you get out of out of the avocados don't fruit anyway. So it's like yeah, well, avocado yeah. trees have got to come from somewhere, right? And it takes like thirty years or something. Maybe. <laughs> I, I went nine. to a friend's house in, in Auckland, <laughs> and she had a two her avocado tree at her flat was higher than the two story house. Wow, and it's massive. I don't know if you've ever googled like a fully grown one. Yeah, no, there's there's but the near, trunk is near, like near my project spot in Havelock. There's there's one yeah. on someone's property though, so you're not allowed to take the avocado. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, they had too many. Um, they were just like all over the ground, everything, and really big ones. So yeah. that was one of. I took a bunch home. Looked pretty funny going through the scanner at the um, the airport. <laughs> <laughs> but we got it there. You know, I, I one time took a frozen chook through the the scanner at the airport. So I think avocados were a bit better. Mate, mate, I think I think what we're getting at there is is there's a great, wide, wonderful world out there if you just sort of step out your doorstep. You just do it. <laughs> as as we chat on on on, uh, on the internet, but you know that, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the dichotomy of this life. Yeah, <laughs> mate. So like, where are people? It's still the same, isn't it? Instagram, you guys are very active. It's awesome. Cheers for tagging me and all that stuff. It's awesome to be able to oh, just, for sharing all of that just stuff. click, you know, share to share to story. That makes it really easy. Yeah, um, easy. Yeah, and um, and and your website, like you said, there's so much information and things there. Uh, pest free token written out, isn't it? Yeah, pestfreetoken.co.nz. But if people have any tips and tricks on things to do with it, we we've designed the website for people to be able to use. So if there's anything that people want to know um super happy to hear from that and then yeah social media we're across probably too many of them to keep up with um we might have cast the net a bit too wide i, I tried to keep going on the tiktoks but <laughs> they get a bit harder but definitely facebook all of our handles are all just at pest free token apart from facebook which is pestfreetoken.nz because some scammer got pest free token before us 
they're fast. You got to catch them. They are, right? Yeah. Facebook doesn't want to hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit it's a bit like you say when you do a promotion and all of a sudden you get all these um vacant accounts adding you as friends and, and yeah you know, they're impersonating somebody and you go to try type your friend in and then just like who, who are you talking about like, yeah, no. yeah if i've only got two or three friends you just no <laughs> we're all getting pretty we're, we're all getting better at identifying scammers for sure but then it's not going to take long for them to to catch up yeah yeah mate, mate last year you left us with a really awesome um perspective when it came to law like um what's the problem you know what are we looking at here um what what have you sort of learned over the last year when it comes to the token and in the crypto space man because it's been a hell of a year yeah, yeah. i should have prepped this answer because i should have known you would ask something curly like this um i guess probably one of the best things i've learned from doing this project over the last year is so we started with four values and then that just drives everything we do so every, any type of situation you get into you just come back to core you go straight back to basics <clears throat> and then it kind of just helps really keep you focused on what you're trying to achieve there are we trying to do something to better the community um are we doing something for for integrity those kinds of kind of things they underpin and drive all of our decision making so that would pretty, pretty much what i've been aiming for i guess you could apply that to life as well if you had your core set of values whatever situation you're faced with whether it's turning left or right just ask yourself those questions and it won't answer everything but you'll be surprised how much clarity it gives you mate this podcast is so weird um i get like runs of things yeah on the weekend uh nicole and i like addressed like common values and then i interviewed my mate on monday i said what are your values mate so now you've just gone yeah, out it's it. so but start looking that? at the common the commonalities between those types of people what, what are they doing what are they achieving and then maybe there's a bit of sense behind it yeah awesome patrick not alex alex is your That's partner the one. <laughs> <laughs> it only took him a year <laughs> oh and I, and I had that little slip up again oh gosh no, no. it's good, it's good. Uh, thank you so much and keep keep doing awesome stuff keep tagging us it, it's, it's an absolute pleasure and um yeah hope, hopefully we uh grab a few more people to uh follow along on the journey and, and set some traps cheers man and next time i'm in Taupo, i'll come come say hi absolutely bro. Same you. yeah <laughs> no, <bring the> <laughs>